TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always by my side here, Champion Mindset, co-host Marcus Pierce. LT, how are you, great man? Great to hear your voice. As always, I, I hear you've been talking for the last four hours. So I've been talking four hours straight, man, so I haven't stopped. I barely, like, literally was taking bites of my lunch um, in between words <laughs> and trying not to chew while I was talking. Um, I, um... So I, I, this is one of those days where, you know, this is like, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. <laughs> um, I hope you weren't talking to Damien Christoph while yeah, you were There's no way I could have talked to Damien Christoph. <laughs> Damien Christoph would not allow that to happen. Um, I was chopping, uh, he would have hung up very quick. That's right. I was yes. chewing very, very softly. So. Um, but yeah, this is one of just one of those days, man. It's uh, you know we get one of those days where we actually have to do the things we got to do, and uh, people are in need, and we need to solve problems, and that's what we're, that's what we're here for. And here we just are talking about podcasting. Totally off the cuff question: Was today one of those days where you thought it would be a nice cruisy work from home day? You kind of had some big projects, and then all of a sudden you found yourself putting out, not putting out spot fires, but unexpected things have come up that, like you've said, you've just had to deal with and you've chosen to deal with. Um, no, it was actually it scheduled. <laughs> it was scheduled. Uh, yeah. I, it was just scheduled back to back to back. Um, and I did schedule a lunch break there, but um, it just didn't happen. Um, the uh, Actually, that's right. The lunch break that I did have, um, one of my clients calls and I had, you know, it, it's one of the things he needed needed yep. some uh, help at that moment in time, and that pretty much was my lunch break. So yep. yeah, so that's you know that's one of those things. Now LT, speaking of clients, you're a wonderful coach to chiropractors and beyond, and you do marvelous things. And it's uh, I'm not talking a word of a lie here when I say you're one of the best leaders in the chiropractic profession. Um, I have a Thanks, view. No, oh, no worries. I have a view around leaders. Um, and, you know, from my own, I suppose, dealing with clients and the rest, I look at some of them and think, yep, they're definitely leaders and, and or potential leaders in their field. For others um, who are on the leader, they, they want to be leaders, but I sense some a, a real level of hesitation and lack of self-confidence that I really want to help garner. Um, there's a part of me that truly believes that a lot of leaders are born, Um and I kind of want to chat with you about our leaders are born or created because I know we've got a lot of people listening that mm-hmm. would view themselves as other leaders right now or future leaders. And I thought it would be a great conversation for us to have around um, are they born, are they created, and then what does it take to obviously become a better leader in our own life? Yeah, it's an interesting question, isn't it? When you asked me this just before the pre-show here and uh, asking whether or not leaders are born or created, and um, I've never actually thought about that. You know, I've never actually sat down and, and questioned it until, you know, we we're trying. To, I was trying to answer your question. It took me a while to actually get around to it, but uh, I'd love for you to share with us and their listeners what you think, and um, and then let's talk. Let's dive deep into it because I think it's a it's a very valid question, and I know that champions as as you know as we as we would you know as the listeners right now is is that if we want to be champions we kind of are kind of natural born leaders in a sense maybe maybe not yeah. so let's hear your opinion on that 
Okay, so the more I talk to you, literally we're talking the last five or ten minutes about this, so the more I talk to you about it, the more I feel like my view is wavering somewhat. Oh, I've led you to a new... Wiser. Did I lead you to a new yeah. <laughs> new, yes. new paradigm? Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is what I think, okay? Um, and uh, But I asterisk it saying, subject to change by the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, I definitely feel that I have a hunch more than anything that leaders are born. Uh, because I feel that when I speak to people that are really hesitant and I see their behavior as really hesitant, I do struggle with the concept that they are going to move past that in order to become a genuine leader in the field that they want to. I'm totally cool with people that are hesitant, but they face their fear and they work through it and they they just get better and better and better at it. I love seeing people dance with their fear. That's what you know. probably you and I do as coaches. We guide clients through their fears and we, we watch them dance with their fear, but we know that they need to be willing to dance. Um, and I'm not good at shaking people and say, you, you must do this. It has to come from within. So what I struggle with is People that say they want to do something, they want to be a leader in a field, they want to start a business, start a brand, do this, do that, make it make a difference in the world. But I don't see any of their behavior uh, showing um, any congruence there and all I see is hesitancy and a lack of self-belief. So then I do think, all right, well, you know, are they born uh, a certain way? Are they better followers? Are they great employees? Are they better at making other people's... um, uh, lives in business um, or in other uh, levels of service is that their is that their calling because we do need people to be for one of a better term followers or to be employees we can't have everyone being business owners and so it kind of lends to the idea that some people were born to be the leaders and and probably more people were born to be the followers um, but again in the pre-roll there are a few things you were saying that I was going oh yeah maybe maybe not. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're saying, Marcus, is that uh, you're either born with it or you're not. And if you aren't, then you can't be a leader. I'm not saying you can't be a leader, just in the typical sense of of business owner, um, one yeah, okay. one person. Yeah. 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 So, because then, then we have to define what leadership is. Yeah, it's interesting um, though. But, well, so, you know, in, in, in one of the, um, you know, the concepts I guess when you first started to bring this up was, you know, is is looking at the people who are um, that are leaders, and some people, you know, you said that, you know, some people say they want to be leaders, like the, the desire of actually wanting to be a leader, but do they actually have the the um, th- that trait, trait within them yes. to be able to do that. that and so, yeah. can, but if you don't have that trait, can you actually learn it? You know, can you? Well, then I, yeah. you know, you know, can you actually embody it over time? Can I ask you a question? Hmm. What do you think are the character traits of a good leader? Oh, now you put me on the spot, man. Absolutely. Think of, think of okay, think of one of your think of yeah. one of your rock star clients, great chiropractor. Okay. And think of the traits and you know, they're they're best in town, absolutely on fire. Yeah. What are their traits? So um all right, so I'm gonna be clear on this is that this, these are probably not the only traits because you know, I'm just coming to the top of my head here. Um some of the traits I think the one of the um, important thing is to be able to be uncomfortable. Um, to be able to be uncomfortable yeah to be able to be uncomfortable because leaders don't always succeed and they've got to be willing to fail um, I think that's a really important trait as a leader they can't be winning yeah. all the time 
um, yeah. you know, there's there's already studies or you can actually see their results is that, you know, if a child continues to be, um, you know, really successful, like ever, you know, they're born mature, they are, um, you know, and this is like, you know, this is my daughter, I'm watching her right now, like she's, you know, really intelligent, she's smart, she's good at everything she does in terms of academics, you know, if she constantly gets praised and constantly gets praised over and over mm-hmm. and over again, there's going to be a point when she starts to be with the best of the best. And then she recognized that, wait a second, I'm not the best. Well, maybe I'm not good at this. And then therefore, they're not willing to fail because they've never failed in their life. And they're failing later later in life, which is harder for them. And so I think one of the traits is that to be willingness to fail and being okay with it. Um, I was one of those people, like I, I didn't like to fail um, and do bad and do poorly. And, you know, it's one of those things I think is really important. That's one. Two, I think they got to be um, really good implementers. They got to take action. Yep. Leaders are action takers, people who actually do things. They can't just sit by the sidelines. They can't just watch. Um, there's a difference between playing the game and watching the game. And um, and you got to be the one who's willing to play the game rather than just being on the sidelines and watching things happen or just, you know, be happy and content with setting goals. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will come and waiting for it to play out rather than actually doing something about it to actually create it to happen. Um, the other things I think leaders need to do is that they need to be decisive. They need to make decisions. Um, they have to be decision makers to be to know that there is no right or wrong decision. You yeah. know, strong leaders are anyways that the, the leaders are, need to know that you know even if they make you know the so called right decision, there's always a decision. Uh, there's always uh, pros and cons. And there was a great quote, I, and I don't even remember what the quote is. I can't even remember what the general was. Um, it was one of the general uh, top generals uh, in uh, in America. They were having a massive debate whether to um, uh, you know maybe it was to go to war or to do a particular strategy. And they were debating back and forth, back and forth between all these people. And the general basically, at the end of the, after you know a few hours of debating, they just said, you know what, this is it. Forget it. We're doing this. The right decision is to do this. And then someone asked him, he goes, how did you know that was the right call? He goes, I didn't. But now someone needed to make a call. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like we, 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 we know that in order to take action, you have to make a decision on something. Sometimes it's decide to act. Sometimes it's knowing that you know, whatever decision you make can be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. And so it goes back to that first two points I, I made. Um, because every action will always have its consequences and you got to be okay to live with those consequences. So the ability to be uncomfortable, the uh, be an implementer and mm. be decisive. Mm. There's probably okay, more. So, There's definitely more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that, but think, that's three good points to check in on, isn't it? Is you go, uh, right. Yeah, I think it's also be able to see, I, I think it's also be able to see um, from different perspectives. I think a leader needs to be able to not just see from his perspective or his or her own yeah. perspective. They got to be able to see from every perspective, and that includes um, the people that they or the uh, the people or the person or the thing that they're targeting or tar- t- attacking or whatever they're doing um, or yeah. they're trying to handle, or and also the team members that that's behind them, the people that they're actually leading. They have to understand and be not sympathetic but empathetic of their situation, but still act accordingly. Okay, so that's a big one: empathy. To your teammates, whether that's as a family, is that what you're saying? Like, being yeah. So, for example, for the- like you know, there's certain things that you need to know that hey, certain, uh, I don't know, as a business owner, for example, um, you know that certain things are going to happen. There's going to be some personal, you know, uh, circumstances are going to play out, uh, or there's going to be um, in negotiation, for example, when you're negotiating with someone, there's um, there's you always want to win-win, but at the end of the day, someone's going to have to compromise. And yeah. if there's certain things that you really desire and, you know, you got to recognize that you got to, you can be empathetic 
to yes. what's going on, on the other side. Yes, there may be somewhat of a loss or is perceived to be a loss, but also too, but being sympathetic is, is completely different. Being sympathetic is you actually feel sorry for you. Yeah. Um, being empathetic is to be, I would understand your pain, Standing. but not necessarily dwell in it. And there's a difference, yeah. especially as a, a practitioner. Um, it's very important to be empathetic to someone's discomfort, pain, or whatever the stuff that's going through mentally, stress, and all that stuff, emotionally, not to be sympathetic to the problem. Because being you're yeah. sympathetic, you're, done, you're drawn in uh, as part of that story. You don't want to be drawn into the story. You just want to understand from their perspective, but not necessarily buy into that. This is great. I'm even thinking about you know the leadership of, uh, of a parent. You know, you got to be empathetic to your kids. Yeah, exactly. you know, understand. Understand. You know, sometimes it's difficult to understand how the mind of a five-year-old is working, or the mind of a two-year-old is working, um, and also being able to see both perspectives. Well, that's. Um, that, I think that's a really good point well. you made, right? I mean, when you think about you know um, knowing about consequences, we talked about saying every action, every decision you make has a consequence. Like, for example, like you know that sure, if your child is crying out for something and you give them everything that they want in life right mm. sure they might get immediate gratification but what what else are you teaching him though the consequence him her the, the consequence you're teaching is that they'll get everything in life but all they have to do is ask and what happens then in the future when they ask for something and they don't get it you know yeah. how are they going to react how are they going to adapt and so that's why i think it's important to fail and one of the first things i said was that if a child doesn't learn how to fail which you know has, i've seen it in my kids it it's really hard for them when they actually do fail or when yeah. they don't get what they want. It's like, what do you mean I don't get what I want? It's like, well, no. <laughs> like, and, you know, it's like going to a toy store. I see this all the time. You go to a toy store, you know, you know, and then you see kids like begging for their parents for the, the toys. Yeah. And it's like, you know, at the beginning, I remember there was, there was like a, for about six months uh, of Christian's life. It's like he expected every time we go to the store, he, we would buy him something. Uh-huh. It's like, no, like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. You know, yeah. no matter how much he begged, or it's like, it's not going to happen. You can throw yeah. attention attention you want, but it's not going to happen. Um, because that's not the, the story that I want to stick in his mind, um, that that's going to happen. But you see it all the time. Parents can keep on buying and then they get into trouble, right? Because yeah. you're never satisfied with the thing that you, you know, you get because you always want more and more and more, which is fine, which is, a, you know, this is what human beings want is growth. But as a parent, we have to know that the consequence of doing one thing is going to create some consequences and doing another is also going to create consequences. It's just that what are you willing to live with long term? Yeah, and I, think, and I think whether it's children or whether it's teammates, whether it's colleagues in business or whatever it is, any people that we're in touch with are always giving us an opportunity to, to I suppose, present both sides in life, isn't it? Like mm. sometimes we've got an opportunity to bask in the victory and other times we have an opportunity to be a part of the failure and we actually need both. Yeah. We actually need both. And like you say, sometimes it's really important to say no, just because we're at the toy store doesn't mean it's by a toy time. Um, and it's, it's, sometimes it's really good to cultivate the skill of being able to, I suppose, observe without actually having to um, get in there to, to have that gratification, like you say, teaching that, whether it is to children, colleagues, whatever it is, is such an important skill. And that, yeah, like you say, that, that generally is, a, is an element of leadership, which surely you would like to think that's not a born or created type of trait. That's something that anyone can have, whether they're, you know, single, not, you know, or with a partner or in a family or in a business. Uh, that's something that we'd like to think that, that we can engender in anyone. Yeah. Well, you know, let's go back to the original question. Is leaders born or created? And I guess my answer is, you know, slightly different than yours. I think it's both. And it's not a cop-out. And here's my reason why. I think there are definitely um, certain leaders that have born traits 
of their characteristics. I think it's a strength. We're all born. I, I believe this, this is my fundamental belief is that every one of us are is born are born with some sort of skill set, with some sort of genius, and you know. But it's it's like a gene, like it's a you have gene and characteristics of you know like your hair and, and, and natural coloring of your eyes or whatever. All of that stuff is genetic. But it's what what trans turns on that gene on a regular basis uh, that, that that actually switch it on to on full tilt is the experiences that you go through in life that creates that. And so you may be born with certain types of traits, but if you never train it, then that that skill would never be developed, right? Um, if you never I know, put yourself in that environment, then you'll never actually know that you've got the skill. It, yeah, exactly. Like if you never would ever be pushed to to test that skill, then you don't develop. It's almost like, yeah. for example, like I'm sure if I, you know, we most of us are born, say, right-handed, right? Except for me. Except for you. Okay, well, <laughs> except for you. But if you, you know, for 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 you to to start writing right-handed will be difficult. But I'm sure over time you'll be able to train yourself to do it. Yes, and that's one. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so I think you know, I believe that most. My personal belief is that most leaders are actually created. Right? Most and, most leaders are created. This yeah, is most leaders created most. because yeah. I believe that we all have certain skill set, and leaders are created because, um, because of the experiences that they have to go through, and also the teachers and mentors that come before them during those experiences. And the right environment and the right teachers will dictate and create the story for that person. Mm-hmm. Now, this is good. This is why I was wavering. This is good. Yeah, because I'm. I my belief is that there's going your first teachers are going to be your parents, or your grandparents, or your family. They're the first people to teach you, and then you got your teachers, and then you got you know your friends and your family. I'm sorry, your friends and your you know extended family and all that stuff. And those are the people that go through it. But given by the experiences, though, what you decide to do in those experiences and from the, all the experiences that you've been taught, um, the habits that you've been taught, that you've emulated from your parents, so on and so forth, will dictate how you navigate through those experiences. And how you navigate those experiences will either push you one in one direction or another. And I believe, and this is, I know this is kind of a... Um, you know, one-off statement, but I believe that we're all leaders. You know, I might be pushing your buttons there, Marcus, but I mean, think about this. I think that we're all born, like we all have the ability to have, have leadership skills, um, but it's whether or not you train them, you train those skills up, and whether or not they have been magnified or amplified based on your experiences, and have you been having the right support system or mentorship to kind of guide you to get those leadership skills. Okay, so when you say we are all leaders... This is fascinating. When you say we are all leaders, can you clarify what you what you mean? Are you saying in a professional sense, in a family sense, in a friendship sense? Yeah, so I think that's the clarification of that may be the point of difference. My, my leadership is that I believe that we're all leaders because we're all leaders of ourselves. Absolutely, agreed. Yeah. So yep. I think that we need to learn to lead ourselves. If you can't lead yourself, there's no hope that you, for you to lead another person. You know, like, you know, I said that in my, my, my talk a couple of years ago. I said, you, first of all, if you want to make an impact in the world, you need to learn to lead yourself. If you can't be disciplined enough to, to move yourself day, to, day in, day out, then, and to motivate you to do things, to tell yourself to do things, then how on earth are you going to motivate to, to lead anybody else? 
And so once you're able to figure it out yourself, then you got to figure out how to lead someone else, one other person, right? And if you have that ability to move another yourself and another person, then you have an opportunity to move three and then five and then seven and eight and 10 and 15 and then maybe a community and then hopefully a state and then hopefully a nation. And I think that that's the process. Um, yeah, so that, I hope that answers your question. That's my okay. definition of leadership. Yep. So then, so I suppose then I think of, so I think of all the different, um, I suppose, groups we have in our lives, and I think of friendship groups for one. Uh, generally, in a lot of friendship groups, there's a leader. There might be a couple of leaders, but if you think of young, not so much older friendship groups, but at the same time, you can still see the dynamics at play. But let's talk about a teenage friendship group. You got five people in the group, and there's normally one that is for want of a better term, the leader of the group. Do you still think that that person is the most likely leader? Because I'm tipping that a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, they weren't the leader in their friendship group. So does that mean that that person that was the leader is the most likely to be a person to um, uh, influence a group of others? Or is this something that you think generally develops over time, even in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s? That's an interesting question. I think one of the key things about um, human interactions, and there's a great TED video on this, and I honestly don't remember who the speaker was, a female speaker, and she was talking about um, uh, how when when there's two human beings interact with each other, no matter who it is, we have a natural tendency built in within our genetics to try to um, dominate over the other person. To dominate. To dominate. Yeah. No matter who it is. No matter who it I. is. Like you, like just say, me, you and I, like when we first meet or when we meet, there's a tendency of us, one of us will need to dominate. Well, one of us will, will both try to dominate, and but one will dominate and the other one will be a, a, um, a person who is more submissive um, in yep. nature. And this is done over and over again on studies in terms of the, it's, just, it's actually kind of funny because it's a great, great talk. And it talks, and they actually take pictures of like political leaders, you know, whether it be like Bill Clinton and, you know, someone else whoever at the time was or you know ronald reagan and gorbachev you know like it's like watching these political leaders and how they position their body yeah. <laughs> so when they meet like one person's like dominating trying to handshake over someone else it's actually kind of funny when they take these stills because they actually show that that's actually what we do in the animal kingdom like if you look in the animal in the wild that's what they do don't they right the animals will actually flare up the the, the chest is up you know the male will dominate and stand up and try to dominate to another male and so in every pack there's always a leader in a sense yeah and that's kind of fascinating so not to say that so say in a a pack of say five people it doesn't necessarily mean that not every single one of them can be a leader but one will automatically be a leader of all those five people and as you say this that the that person let's let's use the teenage group example um they they might end up growing through their life and um and not be and not be a leader in their adult life mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah and so so this leadership i suppose through different areas of life can ebb and flow so using just my own personal example i'm the oldest child in my family um and i i have that sense of um responsibility with my younger sisters so i feel like a leader in that sense in my in my friendship group i was not the leader in my friendship group, and then in other areas, say in in uh, certain in media days, I might have been the leader of my radio show, for example. Yeah. Um, but then in other environments, then I wasn't. So, do you think then, as I say that, um, 
you have to be flexible. That's probably another trait, isn't it? Of, mm. and that's probably goes down to that empathy and understanding. Is it? Well, and it could, being able to see both perspectives. It could be that, or it just could be the types of the the people in the group. So, like for, for sure. example, like if you you were a leader within your family dynamics, for example, yeah, you know, because those were your sisters. But in your friendship group, you might not be the dominant person. Yeah, precisely. right. Because they have different. I think leadership is is about it's it's your level of leadership. It's not like you have it or you don't, oh. right? It's like uh. the level of leadership skills based on the person in the environment that you're in. Yes. Like when I was a teenager, like man, I was a nerdy, you know, snot nosed kid, like who <laughs> had, who had no like. I was definitely not a leader and I couldn't even follow anybody like because there was no group to follow. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have that much. I didn't have any close friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was definitely not a leader of any sort. But in my family, you know, um, I guess I was, you know, I was first born. So I was kind of, you know, with, you know, I was, I don't know, maybe I was influential to my brother, maybe. Right. But at the same time, is that in certain circumstances, um, I was leader if I was, a, say, um, and this is kind of weird, but I think uh, like I was a camp counselor. So yeah. I led a bunch of young kids as a counselor because I was older than them, but I was a leader by default because I was older. Make sense? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's it's dependent on situation, dependent yes. on the groups of people that are actually in there. Um, and it's almost like, for example, um, it, you know, you can see it in podcasting, for example, like in the podcast world, if you take the wellness guys, right? Yep. When we talk about food and nutrition, naturally, Damien will be the leader in the group. Yeah. Because he's the the person who knows the best, and when it comes to exercise and knowledge in terms of barefoot running and all that stuff, and paleo, that would be Brett. Mm. But when it comes to mindset, you know, I would man. I would be more the the tendency of the person to lead the conversation. And so it's it's that we all have varying degrees of leadership, and I think that it just depends. Like that's why I think the environment has a lot to do with it. The people in that environment going to have a lot to do with it. So that's why I believe you. You gotta fall into your skill set and your traits and your ability to 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 function in that environment. So, going back to your original statement in regards to people, say employees. Now, an employee in a, in a and uh, we definitely need employees. Not all of us can be entrepreneurs and lead you know companies. For for example, or businesses. However, within the business, say Mary who runs the whole entire, she's really good at accounting. And she does a fantastic job. She leads, she probably lead the whole accounting part of that business. Whether yeah, so it be other members. Yeah, so she leads that department. Yeah, she so leads I, that oh, department. Yeah, yeah. 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 so that, it's, I think that's what I mean by just because they're an employee doesn't mean that they can't lead. Um, yeah. There's definitely team leaders within, a, you know, within environments of those, of those circumstances. Yep, good call. Great, great differentiation. I was thinking about this as you were talking. There's a lot of people that listen to the Wellness Couch that um, feel that there's they're like, oh, I could never do what Cindy's doing, or there's I could never do what Damien's doing. They're just so incredible, and I'd like to remind them that that you know Cindy was 23 once, and Damien was 24 once, and the rest. And I think think of the people. I'll be that- there one day. <laughs> I think of the people that 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 feel this trepidation or this, um, for want of a better term, this intimidation or this infatuation with what I suppose, um, let's call it Cindy and Damien are doing. But then I think when these same people go back to their friends or their colleagues or their family, they are the leaders of health in their community or their group, and that's why I say I waver on what I've been saying about leaders are born because. Like you say, LT, you change the environment 
let's say someone comes along to a wellness summit and they're looking up at the stage going, wow, these guys are incredible. But then they go home to friends or family or colleagues and they become the teacher. They become the leader. And that's something that I think is really important for people to recognize is, as, as Lawrence has been saying, always be mindful of the environment. But know if this is something, if you do want to really develop and grow in a certain area, don't be put off by the people in front of you. Be excited by that. As people often say, stand on the shoulders of giants, but also recognize that if you've got the, uh, if you've got the traits in uh, a smaller group of people, know that you can definitely expand that to a larger group if that's what you want to do. Definitely, for sure. Like that's the thing. Like I was, I was one of those people who were sitting at the seminar, looking up at these amazing speakers, and go, "Man, God, I wish I could." You know what I mean? And yep. you know, but it, it stuck in my mind. It's something I actually wanted to do, and you know, I was willing to to have the guts, I guess. Or you went was, through hell. You went to hell and back. You memorized your presentations, didn't you? Oh, like word for word, like for sure. Memorized my presentation, <laughs> practiced it like thirty <laughs> times. But I just made myself look good, right? <laughs> but those are all the things that people didn't know uh, or they oh, didn't man. see. We could do a whole podcast on what on the preparation that LT has had to do to become a ninja. The thing is, is that you. Go, I think it's going back to that you know ten thousand mastery rule. You know, ten thousand hours mastery rule is that you know to become a master of anything, you have to be willing to put in the work, and you can't be expected that just because you're not there now. If there's something you really want to do, you just got to put in the effort. And this is no different than you know, chiropractors listening who want to become better chiropractors or anybody who wants to become a better mom or dad or husband. We're all working on something. We're all mastering something. And yeah. to be honest with you, like we've only been doing podcasts for four years. And I don't think we've you know, maxed out our potentials in terms of interview skills and, and ability to speak and stuff. But we're a hell of a lot better now than I was four years ago. And, yeah. and because we started, we did something. We just gave it a go. And so if you want to do something, just give it a go. It doesn't mean that you have to be out there. You know, if you want to write, write a book or something. You know, then go start writing, writing a blog. Maybe don't broadcast it. Just keep it to yourself. Maybe just keep it as a journal. But that beginning of writing and thinking and processing, doing those things is 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours is 10 years, three hours a day, three hours a day for 10 years. That's mastery. Those are the people who spend, you know, three hours a day practicing on their violins and their pianos Mm -hmm. and the people who are, you know, in their sport and the Michael Jordans who've been shooting basketballs over and over again, playing golf. Those are the things that you know that's really really important you know and so, lt yeah and and they still miss they still miss a shot they still miss a kick a goal they still drop a mark and that mm. doesn't make them bad that makes them incredible to get back up and do it again right yeah exactly and it's about being able to just push through the limits and going through those difficulties i think that's what's that's what's really important you know yeah. and and that's what i'm saying like just know that there's going to be failures ahead and the key thing is that most people think of, you know, planning, they plan their success, they all plan for an amazing path. But it never happens that way. You know, there are always obstacles. And if it's worthwhile, there has to be some obstacles that you have to overcome because it's not the goal that you achieve, it's the person you become that's more nice. important. The person you transform to that creates that, hap- that happening, that goal that you achieve, that is what matters the most. Not so I'll much the achieving the goal. Marvelous! I've, in, I've thoroughly enjoyed this discussion. Thought it was going to be a debate, but I'm glad. I'm glad it didn't get too heated, and I'm glad I've <laughs> definitely tempered my uh, feelings and opinions on whether leaders are born or created. I'm with you. They're both. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I'm glad. Listen, that was fantastic. I, it was a great conversation, and uh, it was fun. It was fun to kind of discuss that. It's a topic I never even thought. I've never actually given any thought. So I'm glad we actually been able to uh, create some. Uh, 
information and insights for you guys. Guys, go to check out our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash inside champions mind. Go to wellnesscouch.com. Check us, uh, check out all the other podcasts there. More importantly, actually, we got a wellness summit coming out. Love to see you there. Check us out there. Love to see you in Melbourne and come say hello because that would be a fantastic opportunity for us to get together and uh, dive deep into some of these things. Uh, make sure you go to iTunes, subscribe to us uh, online there and uh, leave a comment because I think that's really important to uh, get this show across the board and to, uh, into more people's ears. Inside the Champions Minds, a show dedicating helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do i'm lawrence tam he's marcus pierce see you on the next episode this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.